0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Sounds Like Comics, to podcast devoted to all things comic books in movies and TV. I'm Luke. My co-host today is Nathan. Welcome to the podcast. Hello, and thanks for having me. Today's topic, The Losers, a comic book movie that deserves another look. The film features an ensemble cast that includes Jeffrey Dean Morgan, Zoe Zaldana, Idris Elba, and Chris Evans. This is your warning. We will be talking spoilers will not start none, won't be none. I remember 2010 watching this at the movies. I'd not read the comics at the time, but I knew this was a DC Vertigo film. I'm like, Mm. and the cast, I mean, the cast was amazing. And this was Chris Evans before Captain America. He had been Human Torch in Fantastic Four in the 2005 Tim Story movie, the sequel. But this was... I think this would have been, was this before or after Scott Pilgrim versus the World? But either way, all At of these time. films before Captain America. And he played a very different character there. Here yeah. always found him entertaining. But yeah, rushed out to the cinema to watch this one. What about yourself?
1: Yeah, my experience was a little different. I have memories of seeing this on a plane on the way to America for my first time. Um So, because I went over to America for Comic Con in 2010, and so, and I actually had the uh, the Losers graphic novel with me uh, on the plane, and I was it's weird because I was I was reading that and watching the movie roughly around the same time. So I I watched watched the movie on my little chair on in front of me uh, the little screen in front of me on the chair, the in-flight movie, and then I was able to pull out the the graphic novel from my reading uh, onboard reading material and read that too.
0: Oh, that's really cool. So you were able to cross-reference what you'd seen on screen compared to what's on the page.
1: Oh, I like that. Absolutely. That was pretty pretty cool.
0: My screen was a lot bigger, clearly, than your screen. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I mean, the comic, we've both mentioned it, written by Andy Diggle, illustrated by Jock. And you know that we've talked off-air many times how much I like
1: Jock. You're a serious Jock fan, so I knew this would be right. Big fan. Big fan.
0: Got to meet him in 2012. London Comic Con, I think it was that like Super Comic Con. Stan Lee was there, but Jock was there. And I got to meet him. Yeah. I bought his art book. He signed it for
1: me. Had a bit of a chat. I was gonna say. I was gonna say, did he do anything for you, like commissions or sketches, or remarks, or anything like that? He had a massive line. Like he really
0: did. Like there was so much talent at that particular con. And he was busy. So what I got was a a signed a comic that he'd done with Scott Snyder batman detective comics and it was the issue before the new 52 relaunch gotcha so it was um pretty cool um, cool. and i got the the black glove was it the black glove the the collected hardcover anyway so i got some batman comics trades art book signed by john yeah and he worked and he was great the same creative team on the losers they also did green arrow year one and one yes that miniseries got it in singles i've got the trade and that was one of the main inspirations for the arrow tv show starring steven amell so these guys you you know from the losers green arrow year one really like their work and then this film unfortunately it did receive mixed reviews from critics Mm. quite a bit of negativity around this film at the time critics were drawing comparisons to the a team you know, The movie they did, Liam Neeson, Bradley Cooper.
1: Yeah, I can see why it didn't do so well.
0: Yeah, but I, the um, 18 we'll yeah, the 18 film that actually was released it was shortly after. So the losers yeah. had come out, but I guess more familiar, like wider audiences knew the A Team TV show, yeah. the remake was coming out. And although this came out before the 18, maybe people waiting, but maybe people were just waiting for that film did not give it a shot so this is a film he had a budget of 25 million box office 29.9 million and when we're talking budget we're not that's not factoring in marketing so Mm. it would cost more than 25 and at the box office if it's take home is 29.9 we never got a sequel i think we know why unfortunately didn't make back no, I mean, the director Sylvian White wasn't familiar with him at the time, so he did this movie in 2010. Uh, 2007, Stomp the Yard, dance movie, step up, that kind of thing. In 2006, he directed I'll Always Know What He Did Last Summer. Of course, it started with I Know What He Did Last Summer, I Still Know What He Did Last Summer, and then This third one. But this third one was direct to home release. None of the original cast came back. So that was one of the main things he'd started on. And then, yeah, this movie, 2010. Okay. I did read, though, Tim's story mentioned him, you know, or mentioned his film, the 2005 Fantastic Four film for Fox. Yep. 2007, he was initially announced as the film's director, but he was drawing comparisons to films like Black Hawk Down, the TV series Band of Brothers. He was looking at making a, a different film than what we've yeah. got, Where is
1: Not like a civil revenge, revenge film.
0: Yeah, but just a lot more serious. You know, think Saving Private Ryan. You know, war portrayed... Yeah. You know, I mean, gotcha. bad, of course it is, but it's played for entertainment in this film, and it's glossy, and, you know, the funny quips... It's a different kind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so they obviously went in a a different direction and Mm. such an impressive cast. Jeffrey Dean Morgan as Lieutenant Colonel Franklin Clay. It was his second of four big screen comic book adaptions. His others Yeah, it was just coming off. Well, he'd done Watchmen in 09 the year before. The same Mm. year as this, he was in Jonah Hex. Batman v Superman, Dawn of Justice in 2016. He was Thomas Wayne in the opening where once again, we saw Martha, her pearls hit the ground. I mean, how many yeah.
1: times have we seen the gee, death of the Wayne? Gee, it would have been good to have him as the two Batman in the coming Flash film, but it's just not to be. I mean, we're already getting Keaton Affleck. Gee, already that's getting good two not, Batman. I'll take it. I'll take it, but <laughs> man, it would have been good to have JDM.
0: But he's really good in this. Like he, oh, yeah. he plays his character very, very well. Um, yeah, yeah. And, and if we're if we're talking costumes, as in the comics, he's wearing a white shirt, black. suit. the only time yeah. he isn't in his suit is at the beginning of the film, and I guess that's what he's yeah. wearing in the comics. Arm fatigues, yeah. Yeah, but he's in a suit. Like Everyone else, I think, is in the like say, army fatigues, but he pretty much wears a black suit, white shirt, majority of the time yeah. in the film, and the comics that you read on the plane. That's true. Yeah. Idris Elba as Captain William Roke. Honestly, I've seen this film many times. I'm talking Same. five, six. I don't know how, but I seem to forget that he turns on them and dies horribly. Yes. In
1: the in the engine of the plane. them but each yeah. time
0: I watch it and you then he that... betrays them, I'm like, oh yeah, because I guess even this most recent, yeah, you're like, oh 13. that's
1: right, that happened to me when I was watching it last night. I was like, because you you kind of see the you kind of think the double cross is coming from Zoe Saldana's character, but you forget almost every time that you watch it that the double cross doesn't come from her. It comes from Edris elba's work.
0: That's interesting. So it's not just me then. Cause even this recent viewing, like he double crosses them. And i was thinking as I'm watching it, oh, but then he'll double cross Max and he'll come back and help them. But then he dies. Okay.
1: He was a sleeper all along.
0: Yeah, yeah. But you know, he's he's great. But then his motivations, Good. like you get it. Like he does just want to go home. And yeah. he's followed Clay like their whole careers together. And yeah. he just wants to get home. And that's it. They're all stranded. There's, they were they were set up, stuck behind enemy lines, and the whole thing is them trying to trying to get home. Yeah,
1: yeah basically, that's right. They were set up by the government. Um, so they were trying to extract extract kids from a war torn area, and the chopper that takes the kids away gets blown up. Uh, and it was intended they, they, for them. Yes, that's right. And then, so their their military records get scrubbed. They're essentially you know considered dead. And um, so they're basically, they don't exist.
0: You know, I know we've talked about it already, but honestly, I'm surprised this movie didn't do better because there's so many Mm. great visuals, like action sequences in the film. And I remember seeing them in the trailer as well. So the trailer's like, Mm. hey, we've got a fun
1: action movie based on a comic. This is the actors. That's very... it was very The done thing at the time. I mean, comic book movies at the time were, had big massive set pieces and they had like Matrix-style bullet time sort of visual effects. And you see it in films like Wanted. Uh, you see it in films like this. And it was just de rigueur for um, the comic book movies of the period, time period.
0: Yeah, well, there's that bit in the movie, and it is in the trailers, where you've got Chris Evans as Captain Jake Jensen. And he's, hmm. he's surrounded by security guards. He's in the, the, the skyscraper, the high rise. Yep. And he's joking about having mind powers. And then all yeah. the while, there's a sharpshooter at the other side. And he's pretending, yeah. but as he's gesturing with his hands, Styper, people are yeah. really getting shot. And then he does like, the OK, puts his hand up, and then the camera zooms in through his fingers.
1: And then you see the sharpshooter. Um, oh, it's just, I don't know. That was great. Stylish. And, That's where the... That's where the quote "Don't start on won't be none" comes from. That's right. So I really,
0: yeah. Honestly, there's so much to to enjoy, and little things like that. I really enjoyed.
1: In I admit. The trailer, that's,
0: yeah, I was going to say in the that's trailer also. The like. yeah, but with Aisha, you've got when she's stood then and she heroically comes back for the losers, and she's got the mm. rocket launcher, fires the missile, yeah. and it's ah, like, oh, it's just cool, that and it's cool. slow motion. Yeah, because oh, you this, think the double yeah. cross
1: is going to come from her, but she proves it. She proves to be loyal to them, whereas Rogue obviously isn't. Yeah, but then they've all got their own
0: individual motives, motivations. Mm. Like we've got Pooch, Pooch. He wants to get home to cool. his wife. He's expecting his yeah. firstborn. And That's then, right. Ah, oh, there's. See, yeah, all of the losers, all really interesting in their own right. Oh, Cougar he's I the think, um, he's the group sniper so he's the one yeah although he does do that thing that we, it does bug me in films where somebody is really really far away but they will gesture to another character who will then in turn respond with their own gesture and i'm like yeah you're too far away they they call it out in the shazam movie where savannah like, he's talking mm. to Shazam, who's really far away, and Shazam's like, mm. I can't hear you. You're really far away. Yeah. It's a thing that happens in films, and it happens in this. Like, Jensen gestures, thank you for taking out those guys, and Pooch
1: mm. gestures back
0: by tipping his
1: hat. He can't see
0: you, Pooch. You're too far away.
1: Anyway, film. Yeah. <laughs> I think Jensen's motivation was pretty good. He simply just wants to get back and see his little niece play um you know, in a soccer team. Yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, again, These, they've all all got valid motivations. Yeah. I mean, the whole thing with uh Salmon Dana's character, Aisha, is like her dad was killed by Clay and the rest of the guys. That's right. And she's like, Did you she, know
1: what you were doing? And and that's why you think that that's what you that's why you think that's where the double cross is gonna come from.
0: Yeah, tell you what though, someone who chews up the scenery and it's delicious. Jason mm. Patrick as Max, the character oh, yeah. of Max yeah. is excellent. And we've reviewed a jason Patrick film once before he's the mm. older brother michael in the lost boys okay so i've always known him from that film and he popped up in speed to cruise control terrible film but it was good right. to see him and yeah and it's in this he's max he's- a corrupt high-ranking
1: government official and arms dealer plays it well he just feels like a stereotypical bad guy here, though. You know, just it's so cliche. He's like, "Oh, that lady holding the umbrella for me on the beach. She flinched, and I got some sunlight on me, so now give me a gun. And I'm going to shoot her." Bang. Again, it's, like,
0: it's ridiculous. But it was, but the thing, he was making a point to the guy yeah. that was working for him, like, "Hey, this yeah. is it. Like, you screw up, doesn't matter it how seems, minor it is. This is what you I'm going to kill you. Bang!" But it but seems yeah, it's like me. Really- yeah, it's very theatrical, but, it, but it's supposed yeah. to be. It seems cliche. It seems kind of hackneyed to me. It is, but within the world that we're introduced to here, it works. Yeah. Like talking about when, you know, Tim's story, he was looking at Band of Brothers, Black Hawk Down. You couldn't have Max be portrayed the way he is in this film because he just would be out of place, whereas in this film, it does fit into place. Now, you yeah. would know this already, but there's there's a difference with his character Mm. Max sometimes wears a white glove or a black glove on his left hand, depending on the scene. In the comics, Mm. this is because Max is actually two agents who are twins. However, in the film, it's because he has a nasty scar on his hand. Typical bad guy. I didn't know this. I just saw it as like, yeah, like a a Bond villain Mm. trait. Whereas you read the comics, you might know that Max is actually two different
1: people. And they always tweak it. There always seems to be that whenever a studio, a major studio takes on a comic book um, franchise, they always mess with the source material and never, they're not completely hundred percent faithful to it. There's always some minor little tweak. And that's obviously the, what happens in this film.
0: I know, but this is just like, it's Probably turning him into a, a Bond villain, which, which works. Yeah. Like That mean, was my beef many... with him as a villain. But I was yeah, but which is I, I love that about him in this because it's ridiculous. Like and again, he's just chewing up the scenery. But that's what's being asked of him. Yeah, it sure. is. It's a funny film. Like it isn't. It's an action comedy. Like, there's genuine laughs in this film. There's there is a lot to a lot to enjoy here. Yeah, I agree. And I've got to be honest, I love the score. I love the score every time. And it's and it's one of those themes where it's a. Really repetitive, really. But it's mm. what we used to get from like John Williams with Superman the movie, mm. Danny Elfman, Batman, yeah. where we would have these repetitive themes. Where you know Indiana Jones, Star Wars, they can hook you straight away with yeah. those reprisals. Just, yeah, and it's like it's a uh, you know heavy on the guitar, and it works so well. So it's kind of like it's, they, is that they that, need that to, kind of I know what you're talking about. Is that that kind of chiming kind like of? A, chiming a twang and and because it's got such a quick hook you don't Mm. need to hear a lot of it so there can be you can get more less and it just works every time the composer i should say is john ottman he is best known for collaborating with director brian singer composing and or editing many of his films including the usual suspects superman returns valkyrie jack and the giant slayer as well as the x-men film series so he he was michael Kamen on the first x-men film and then Ottman oh, well. did x-men Replaced 2 yeah. and for his work on singers 2018 queen biopic bohemian rhapsody Ottman won the academy award for best film editing so that's Ottman. i've liked him since x-men mm. 2 and then superman returns in 2006 but really liking him here. I mean, to be
1: fair, so oh, yeah, he actually really manages to channel heavily on John Williams. He actually manages to channel a bit of uh, the edge from you two with his guitar playing in this. That sounds very edge-like.
0: Yeah, I, I can I can hear that. But it's, yeah. that's, again, like, so it's so reviewing this film, and we're looking at so we've got you know the plot, the cast, and the gags. The score. I'm so glad you mentioned much. the
1: soundtrack because yeah. the, really, the soundtrack's banging, man. It's got so many cool kind of rock tunes to it. It's got like... There's a little It's really guitar heavy, really guitar and drums heavy, the soundtrack, and it sounds great.
0: Across the board, this is working well for me. It's not like I'm watching it, I'm like, hey, it's not working for this reason. I mean, it sounds like um, what Jason Patrick was doing as Max wasn't necessarily working for you, but for me, it's just really working. And that's why it's like... Look, oh, I mean, more I've, people... I've got my
1: issues with it. It's a great, it's a good film and I'm not knocking it. I just, there are one or two things that I have issues with and I'll get to that when I give it my, my score, but I'm not trying to take away from, from, from the film at all. It there it it they're all the things you're, you're saying it is, and it is enjoyable for sure. I mean, I've watched it three, four, five times myself, so I'm no stranger to it. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say that more people should watch it. It's why in
0: the opening i said it's a comic book movie that deserves another look mm-hmm. so if you've Absolutely. watched it or you've not watched it or it's been a while it's currently streaming on netflix come on yeah. f- give, it a, give it a watch i've got it on blu-ray as well of course why would i not
1: it's okay. it's in my actually I, I did true. come to think of it i've got it on blu-ray too i just forgot oh, about
0: that. oh there you go well and and you've got me beat because you've also got the the trade so there we go all right
1: then, if you're going to rate the losers out of five. I'm going to come into the three, which is to recommend um, for me. The issues I have with it is it does feel like a bit of a, a revenge film. It's just, it's, it's a bit, it's kind of a meat and potatoes revenge film to me, um, which just happens to have a lot of humor to it, which I think saves it. Um, I, yeah, I, I thought the, the bad guy, jason patrick and it was kind of hammy for my tastes like just i get that's the point but to me it's just like it's a bit cliche oh he's got a disfigurement and he wears a glove and he he makes wise cracks uh i did think of thomas hayden church as his offside, offsider, the big brainless brute uh was pretty funny um it's just because he doesn't get things he's just very sort of blunt straightforward and max always has to explain things to him because he's more cerebral that kind of was pretty cool but Max himself just felt like a very one-dimensional kind of villain for me, and I don't know that that did, that wasn't working for me. But that hasn't stopped me from enjoying the film in the many times I've watched it, and of course I own the comic as well. So clearly, I do like it, and I think it's a recommend three out of five for me.
0: You um, you reference Wade Travis, Max's right-hand man and aide, not okay, Thomas no, Hayden Church. It's a different Looks person. Like it's Hulk Colani. I've seen him in a few other things over the years, as well. Um, yeah, now I yeah I had a really good time with this movie each time that I watched it. I'm going to come in at a four out of five. Four out of five. Yeah. It's um it's a film that I enjoy so much with every viewing. For me, I think because I enjoy it so much. I mean, this. I mean, the pacing. It is a very. Fast movie. I mean, Mm. it is such a quick watch. It comes in about 90 minutes. I would have Mm. gladly sat through a two-hour Losers movie. So I I guess it does feel a bit rushed at times. So that's why. Mm. But even then, I'm coming at four. So that's such a high score. But it's a movie that I've never not enjoyed. And I'll continue to come back to this film because it just, it really works for me. And, I mean, the cast, the gags, the score, there is just so much to like about this film. And again, if you're listening and you're only listening out of curiosity, you're not actually seeing The Losers, check it out. And if you have Netflix, you've got no excuses.
1: Exactly. It's worth watching.
0: Well, that's it for episode all about The Losers. If you want to contact us about this episode or request a topic for an upcoming show, you can find us on Facebook as Sounds Like Comics Podcast. Nathan,
1: thanks for being on the show today. Thank you very much for having me. Always a pleasure to on a chore. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.